This is a very special edition of the Driveway Liberty Podcast from the Walton Republican Women's Federated Club in Walton County, Florida. Their speaker today, the Chief Financial Officer of Florida, Mr. Jimmy Patronus. Today's speaker, Mr. Jimmy Patronus, sits on the Florida Cabinet along with Attorney General Ashley Moody and Commissioner of Agriculture Wilton Simpson to directly advise our good governor, Ron DeSantis. A business owner himself, partnering in his family's 55-year-old restaurant, Captain Anderson's, Mr. Patronus was very supportive of Governor DeSantis's efforts to reopen our state during the pandemic and to stop frivolous pandemic lawsuits against businesses. Jimmy Patronus was born and raised in Panama City. He earned his associate degree in restaurant management from Gulf Coast Community College. And he interned in both the Florida Senate and the United Kingdom's House of Commons. After earning a political science degree from Florida State University, he was appointed to serve on the Florida Elections Commission. For eight years, Mr. Patronus was elected to serve his home district as Florida House State Representative. He was also appointed to serve on Florida's Public Service Commission, which oversees utility and utility rates and utility companies. Quite a few WRWF members were honored to personally attend this week, last week's inauguration and had the pleasure of watching in person as Jimmy Patronus was sworn in after being reelected as Florida's chief financial officer for a second term. The CFO audits the spending in state agencies, oversees insurance issues, and serves as the state fire marshal. As CFO, since being elected in 2018, Mr. Patronus has increased Florida's fiscal transparency, fought to reform benefits for firefighters diagnosed with cancer, and fought to expand mental health benefits for first responders. We're all happy with the news that Congress just voted to repeal funding for Biden's 87,000 new IRS agents. Every Democrat voted no. That tells you all you need to know, and we know what's going to happen in the Senate. Every single Democrat that voted to grow the IRS should voluntarily submit themselves to an audit. Well, Jimmy Patronus was already ahead of them on the offense, as we discussed in depth last fall, his proposed bill to protect Floridian taxpayers against a weaponized IRS. To boldly go against the IRS takes guts. <laughs> I, I can just hear Mr. Patronus at that cabinet meeting. So you're going up against Disney, huh? Governor, hold my beer. <laughs> of course, that's a lighthearted sentiment, but in all seriousness, we've got a room full of patriots who are so thankful when elected officials like DeSantis, Moody, and Patronus fight the good fight, doing exactly what government officials are elected to do. That is ultimately to protect the God-given rights of citizens. 
So please join me with a warm Walton welcome for Florida's Chief Financial Officer, Mr. Jimmy Petronis. Thank you, Mary. Um, sorry, we're gonna we're gonna try to bait the field here for a minute. So, um, uh, a buddy of mine is Kid Rock. So I was just texting with him, and right now he's playing golf with President Trump. So I told him, I said, "Look, I said, won't you make me look like a big shot and FaceTime me?" I said, "I'm sitting in front of 150 rabid Republican women. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna film y'all when I point." I want you to say, we love you, President Trump, all at the same time. And then I'm going to send it to him, and while I'm talking, we'll see if we bait him. And he takes the hook, so hang on. <laughs> hang on. All right, when I point, we say, we love you, President Trump. Hang on. All right. We love you, President Trump. All right, let me test this out real quick. I love social media. It is, I mean, it's addictive, it's unnerving, it's time consuming, but. It, yeah, sometimes you gotta take it away from us. All right, here we go. All right, we'll see where it goes. We're trolling. Show him this video. All right. So anyway, glad to be with y'all. Um, I'm a big believer that if you want to get something done, you put a woman in charge. And, uh, and yeah, you give yourself a round of applause on that one. Um, so um, some of y'all may know, but Melanie's daughter, the last two years, um, well now, um, my, my last two election cycles, she ran my campaign. So she was my general consultant. She kept all the trains running on time. She uh, she ran, yeah, she ran Senator Scott's um, uh, re-election for governor, and then she did my last two elections for CFO. My whole entire leadership team uh, on the campaign, they're all women. Uh, I'm just, again, I feel like if you want to get something done, you, you put a woman in charge. The reason why I heard we didn't have signs here in, in Walton County is because my campaign manager who was a male, didn't get signs over here. <laughs> Just saying. Let's change that. Yeah, you know, uh, th but the previous cycle, I had a, uh, my, my campaign manager was a woman by the name of Paige Davis, had a female in charge. So, um, and signs, God love them. I love signs. I love having signs out. But there's definitely a lot of logistics that are involved in making that part of a reality of, of a statewide campaign. Um, but again, it's an honor to be with you. Um, Mary, thank you for that warm introduction. And uh, how about living in the free state of Florida, you know? <laughs> Governor, Governor DeSantis, um, it's, it's, been, it's been fascinating watching his development. So if we kind of reflect back, if we reflect back, and I'm digressing a little bit, but if we reflect back um, to when this guy entered the scene, nobody knew who he was. You think about the 2018 election cycle, we saw him a little bit on Fox News, but we had no idea uh, what his, his, his core was other than what we saw on TV. We never saw him govern. 
other than what we saw on TV. We never saw his leadership other than what we saw on TV. So, you know, it, it, was, it was before the election was over this year, and we were, we were crisscrossing all over the state together. And had a lot of time just to just share with him at least um, uh, just thoughts, feelings, emotions. Election cycles can be trying. And, uh, and I told him, I said, look, I said, you, you won last time by 37,000 votes um, to Andrew Gillum. And which would have been a train wreck if, if Gillum had gotten elected. But what was what was interesting, you know, we both had seen what the preliminary numbers were going to be like. I don't think either one of us ever would have dreamed that we would have had the type of margin in the state of Florida this last election cycle we did. But I said, but you earned it. I said, the first time, yeah, um, you know, you had support from President Trump. You won by a small margin. But I said, I think you're going to have a historic victory. And I said, and nobody's going to be able to take that away from you because of how, you know, how you've worked, you know. And, and seeing his courage, his leadership, his confidence over the last four years grow. Most of you saw, you could, if you think back and you think about the Ron DeSantis you were introduced to then now compared to the Ron DeSantis you know now, it's, it's been an impressive development. And he has really gotten... Uh, good at governing the state of Florida. So um, anyway, uh, being able to serve on the cabinet, I tell people a lot of times, the, the, as we all got our different job descriptions, I'm, I'm the business manager for the state. I keep the trains running on time. Um, and a lot of it, it's, it's not a sprint, it's a march. Every single day, and you might as well say every single year, in order to get to where we are today in the state of Florida, it takes discipline. Um, it takes it takes having some uh, uh, some some conservative pushback and and good. God love the state legislature. I was there for eight years, but you got to remember your legislators are programmed to make you happy. They really are. Have you ever seen a legislator that that likes giving bad news? They don't. This is why Congress Congress is so disconnected from reality. This is why how it's so dysfunctional. This is why you know a 1.7 trillion dollar new spending bill has absolutely zero effect on their conscience. It really they don't think about what they've done to the financial you know debt that's going to have to be serviced by our children or our grandchildren. And it and it and it, it gets me nauseous that to think about how disconnected they are. But Washington's disconnected from reality. It is fantasy land. Okay. So what I appreciate about at least how we govern here in Florida is it's a part-time legislature, okay? Uh, those legislators, you're going to have this, uh, this, this meeting this week. It'll be a delegation meeting between Jay and Shane. And this is there required by state law for them to have a meeting in each county of the district they represent. So it's your opportunity to just make sure they check the box that they're here in order to have this meeting, everybody comes forward. But you know, if you do not engage the government that you have before you, you get the government you deserve. And I stress all the time the importance of holding your electeds accountable. I don't care if it's school board, thank you for doing it, you know, your county commission, your legislator, all the way up. Uh, because if you don't let them know how those facts of life that affect your household income, your bottom line, your cost of insurance. This is why we had two special sessions on insurance in the same year, because you know what? The previous legislature didn't do enough, so we had to have the new legislature, which was seated in November, have another special session to make some of the corrections that truly needed to be made in order to get a handle of an affordable insurance market in the state of Florida. So, you know, I, I, there's, there's definitely, Daddy always told me, I grew up in the restaurant business, and if you want to get into somebody's, you know, you want to get in somebody's, you know, 
direction, their governance, you get into their pocketbook, okay? So, you know, as we've seen, I'm, I'm the state's treasurer also, so I've got about $60 billion sitting in a check account right now. The legislature tells me how they want me to spend the money. I write the checks that go to those expenditures. So we have to invest some of that money because you think about it, I'm not going to spend $60 billion in one day. I'm not going to spend it in one month. I'm not going to spend it in six months. So we have fund managers that manage that $60 billion. So, you know, it, it was earlier this year, it was probably back in, and in uh, August, I started a dialogue with the team, and I get really concerned because coming from the restaurant business, I care about the bottom line. I care about maximum return on the investment because I know this: the better the return on the investment is, the less of a chance there is that our credit rating gets dinged. You know, our FICO credit score for the state of Florida goes down. So I want to make sure the cost of business is as best as it can be possible for the citizens of the state. And it's, it's somebody else's money. It's not my money, it's your money. So I'm very sensitive to that. So as, you know, groups like BlackRock got out and started professing a very strong ESG agenda, wanting to direct and use the horsepower of other people's money to spend in ways that were ultimately maybe not the best in the return on investment, I told our team, I said, pull the money from BlackRock. I said, you know, I said, if BlackRock wants to go out and invest in unicorns and butterflies and rainbows, let them go do that with somebody else's money. But I don't want it done with the state of Florida's money. I want the state of Florida's money to get the maximum return for the maximum benefit for the taxpayers of the state. So we rattled some cages and we took $2 billion from them because there's other money managers that do a great job. They're just not as consumed by it as the BlackRocks of the world. So we started with that earlier this year, and then we're going to be pushing also uh, legislation. So we are getting um, an effort amongst the credit card companies to track whenever your firearms are purchased or your ammunition is purchased. Okay, these are all basic Second Amendment rights that we all appreciate. But now what you've got is you've got credit card companies saying, hey, why don't we go and track every time Jimmy buys a gun and we'll flag it and we'll keep a report on it so then we can go and target them. Okay, so this is something I take very, this is, this is why a, a uh, concealed weapons permit in the state of Florida, that database, it is protected. You can't, if you wanted to access it, you cannot access it. It's so we don't target our citizens if they own a firearm. So, um, you know, we're gonna push legislation. Again, some people say this is, this is federal, federal law. You can't do something that's gonna infringe in, in, on federal policy. And I call baloney on it. Every day, the state of California goes out and creates a new law that is contrary to the federal government, and they continue to do business. And I said, what is the state of Florida, chop liver? I said, you know, we should have the ability to fight those same issues, and if our citizens don't appreciate it, the citizens will let us know that, Jimmy, you've taken it too far, or Jimmy, you're advocating for something that we don't like because that's what elections are for. So we're going to continue to work and to make sure that the Second Amendment, that's a foundation of our American way of life, is protected. So getting back to a little bit of the IRS versus the state of Florida issue, this was something that was a, a huge concern to me when you had the Inflation Reduction Act that was passed back in August. And to me, that was, that was about the equivalent of the Affordable Care Act. Neither one did anything for what their spending title was titled to do. Uh, Affordable Care Act didn't do anything for making healthcare more affordable as Inflation Reduction Act didn't do anything for inflation. Um, eggs right now are the highest they've ever been in the history of the United States. Um, so as, as this Inflation Reduction Act was passed, there was a number of incentives and programs that, that the Democrats now, granted, remember, Chuck Schumer in the Senate, Nancy Pelosi 
in the House, they're both at the, I would say, the, the end of their political careers. They're, they're at a stage in life where they're probably not going to continue. As, as, as when Nancy, as soon as she's no longer speaker, she says, I'm done, I'm, I'm leaving. So, but they love spending money. They love using credit card money in Washington. They're not being held accountable by anybody. You know, and, I, and this is why I feel like, you know, there wasn't a, a bigger majority in the House or there wasn't a, a win in the Senate because people have gotten so disenfranchised and jaded of what they see taking place in Washington. Now, the concessions that were most recently made with this last holdout with Speaker, a lot of those concessions, those are concessions that the state of Florida's legislature has used you know, ever since I was ever paying attention to the legislature, single subject rule. Are y'all familiar with what that means with the germanity issue? That's a big deal. That's a big deal because if I'm going to do a, a piece of legislation in Washington that deals nothing else but public education, that means you can't put uh, solar energy initiatives in that exact same piece of legislation. So, I mean, you, you go and you create these big, you know, hot steaming messes of legislation and you'll have some really, really egregious out of line language in it that some significant chairman was able to force in the legislation and they'll mix it with some good stuff. So then they have to hold their nose and vote for it. Okay, so, so some of the rules that the House is now engaged in is single subject, separation of, of, of uh, individual budget bills. We've been doing that in Florida for, for decades. So all that is, is good stuff. But again, with the IRS package that passed with the Affordable Care Act, I mean the Inflation Reduction Act, the Democrats put all this, these wish lists on there, but they still got to pay for it. So this is what the supercharge in the IRS was all about. They have basically changed the thresholds and targeting where they're going to start harvesting more money. Now, in the case of the state of Florida, we have had about um, almost, uh, we're sitting at about 300,000, 330,000 people a year move to the state of Florida. And we get a lot of transplants from other states that come here and they bring their wealth with them, okay? So look, when those dollars leave a New Jersey or they leave a, uh, Illinois, or they leave a New York, um, it's, it's a, a major setback to the cost of doing businesses in those states. Those states have state income tax. state of Florida doesn't. So as you think about these individuals finally said, enough's enough. I'm tired of paying, you know, I'm tired of the policies of lockdown. The, the lockdown that happened with COVID was really transformational, at least for, for the spike in Republicans that we had in the state of Florida. So in November of 2021, we had more registered Democrats in the state of Florida than we had rep Republicans, okay? Now, since November 2021 to now, we've got 360 more, 360,000 more registered Republicans than Democrats, okay? That doesn't happen by accident, it happens because you are also out there beating the streets, introducing, you know, those that relocated to this area, you know, why it's important to be a Republican. And thank you for what you did, because it was evident by how successful this last election cycle was. So again, getting back to the IRS issue, as the Democrats passed this package, they needed to supercharge the IRS. They needed to go harvest more dollars. They needed to create more revenue for programs nobody asked for. So as my concern is, is you have a migration of people moving to the state, Florida is gonna be a, is going to be a rich state. It's going to be a state that's going to be targeted by the federal government. It is what it is. And as politics play into these decisions, um, we see targeting. We see, we, as we saw as Tea Party groups were, were targeted under the Obama administration, and it wasn't until the Trump administration took over that the IRS actually admitted that we targeted 
Tea Party groups based on their political agenda to go after them to try to find ways to let the strong arm of the governor eliminate or, or limit their voice in making the cases and arguments that took place. So, you know, I, I think the left is really, you know, they, they've taken with this policy they proposed, they took a hammer to small business. They really did. So the state of Florida, we're going to push out policy. Some of y'all may remember Blaze Angolia, used to be party chairman a few years ago. Blaze is now a state senator out of Hernando County. He's going to carry our legislation in the Senate. Uh, Representative Toby Oveldorf out of uh, Martin County were carried in the House. And all we're going to do is if, if the IRS is going to continue, we still have, we still have some hurdles to clear. Just because the House defunded it doesn't mean the policy's gone away. Um, we're still going to do everything we can to protect the citizens of the state of Florida to make sure if, if we're going to have to live under this new set of, of guidelines by the federal government that we're protecting our citizens as much as they can from targeting, from, uh, from those type of, uh, of, of, of incidents that took place just like what happened with the Tea Party groups. But um, what we're going to intend on doing is one where it requires we have in the state of Florida we have state chartered banks and we have nationally chartered banks. Your your nationally chartered banks that's like Regents or or Truist, okay, Bank of America. So you know it's kind of hard to do anything with those guys. But what we can do is tell the state chartered banks if you are contacted by the IRS and you want to say audit Mary, okay, Mary, I'm sorry. Uh, but if you're gonna if you're gonna audit Mary, then the state of Florida's state chartered banks, because they have a jurisdiction over them, have to report that back to the state of Florida. So we're gonna track it. So if nothing else, we'll start to generate a report saying, okay, there'll be a, there'll be at some point, you know, there'll be a committee in Congress that will be interested in this, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll share with them. Did you know that? This is how many times individuals in the state of Florida were being targeted by the IRS based on this new policy. So we will create at least uh, transparency, I think is a good thing. We'll create greater transparency at least using those own institutions that we, we already regulate. We will then also, we will create a trust fund that will incentivize people to push back. So again, poor Mary's been targeted by the IRS. She's been targeted unjustly because you know she's very active in the Republican Party. And so then if she finds those signs that shows that, that she was targeted, then the state of Florida is going to work with you to make you whole financially for your legal expenses. That's number two of the project that the legislature. This is the one that you're going to really like. So then what we're going to do is, let's say you've got a, an IRS agent that has targeted her. If we can identify that she was truly targeted based on their own personal agenda, you think about it, 87,000. How can not at least 1% of them have an agenda? Okay? So if you are targeting, then we'll have criminal penalties in the state of Florida to the IRS agent. And then lastly, we're going to create, um, so you've got poor Mary, she's been targeted, she has been audited, and she owes back, back taxes according to this. What we can do is, is if we find out that she has been targeted, that all this stuff was out of line, again, it's just transparency. It's holding the IRS accountable. 
then what we can do is the IRS does not go to Mary's house and knock on the door saying, you owe us this money. In the state of Florida, a lot of things happen by delegation. So if you were fishing offshore, the federal government, and say you got a, uh, a snapper out of season, it's not the federal government that writes you the ticket, it's the Florida Wildlife Commission. That's a delegation of enforcement, okay? So the IRS does the same thing. The IRS will delegate to local contractors in the state of Florida, licensed Florida contractors, to go collect the money from Mary. If they are targeted, we've got criminal penalties for the collection agent. So again, it's, it's, it's a lot of like, if you're gonna go after Mary, you better have your A game on. You see what I'm saying, okay? That you're gonna make sure that if you're going after her, you better be doing it by the book, you better be above board, and you better not be targeting our citizens. So that's, we're excited about that. And yeah. You know, um, I, I look at what's happened with, with Governor DeSantis, and so some, there's, did anybody keep up with the fact there was a couple planes flown to Martha Vineyard, Martha's Vineyard? Yeah. Did you keep up with that? So uh, I had to write the checks for those planes. Uh, so, it, it, and, and, yeah, and me too, you know, but, but at the end of the day, it was, it, we were very careful. Okay, remember I told you I managed $60 billion, all right? So what we did to make sure that at least if we're going to use our state's rights, which I'm a big believer in, but if we're gonna use our state's rights to send a message to the federal government, we did it in a way we need to make sure our ethics agreed with it also. So those flights, they were paid for out of the interest generated off that $60 billion. So we didn't go out and take money from education or transportation or healthcare. We took money that was generated off the interest that we had earned. So we tried to be at least be thoughtful that we knew there was gonna be shrapnel coming from this bomb we were gonna set off, okay? <laughs> and, and so uh, at, at the end of the day, as, as there was a number of folks that were making this case, as the governor was shouting, I, mean, I was proud of that. It takes guts to do that. And you know, as he flew those planes into Martha's Vineyard, and you think about it, in less than 24 hours, the governor called a, a declared a disaster declaration, and they had those, those immigrants off Martha's Vineyard and placed on a National Guard base within 24 hours. You know, so I mean, um, there's just such hypocrisy uh, at those parts of our country that aren't affected by the challenges that the border states are dealing with. So again, it, I think it's a, it's, it's not a, again, I can always say it's not a sprint, it's a march every day. We've got to continue to fight to make sure that we're doing right by our citizens. And again, this will be a fight where, you know, the governor's getting sued over it. You know what, so we, we do what we do. We, we fight for what we believe in. Um, but we also try to make sure that we're doing it in a, in, a, in a common sense way, which isn't always that common, but we do it in a common sense way to make sure that we're being sensitive to the taxpayers and the, uh, and, and the, the mon monies that we're trustees over. But I'll tell you, when, when the governor came out and did that, it definitely, it happened like on a Friday, and then over the weekend, it was like quiet. I'm thinking, gosh, I thought it would've gotten more traction. And then hell, Monday, it just like turned into a mushroom cloud. Um, and then it definitely became a narrative, but it was also uh, a, an awareness that I thought needed to take place. But again, hats off to the governor. It took guts to pull that off. Um, but you know, I, mean, I, I don't think anybody here in the room is is uh, is in a position that we're in a, a better place now since since and I just I, I'll say since this administration took place uh, I still I, I'm, I'm I hate to be one of those but I still don't say Joe Biden in a title in the same sentence I just refer to it as administration because I truly think you know the person in charge is the one who's running the teleprompter um, and and 
it's 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 such a it's such a sad day in America right now when when this is how much we have lost in faith in what we have in Washington D.C. Um, but we don't need any more international failures like we had with the Afghanistan withdrawal. Um, you know, we don't need any more, you know, debacles like a, a box truck trailer full of, you know, all those dead illegal immigrants coming across the Texas border. You know, we don't need, you know, protesting taking place outside of our Supreme Court justices, which is illegal and nobody doing a single, single thing about it. We don't need the FBI uh, investigating and going after protesters at school board meetings of parents that care about the policies that our, our parents are passionate about. So, I mean, um, you know, I, I'm glad that we're seeing uh, a leaving of Fauci. And, you know, and look, it's kind of crazy, but, you know, it's, I'm, I love Twitter. I love social media. And, you know, I, look, I think what Elon Musk has done in taking over Twitter, as, as crazy as it is, he's, you know, a, one of the comments he made, he says, he says, I will never earn the trust of the users of Twitter unless I bring full transparency to what's taking place. So that's exactly what he's doing. You know, and, and I tell people all the time, I said, the best, you know, the best disinfectant in life is transparency. You know, I, I asked, uh, I had a um, Mel Ponder, a lot of y'all know Mel Ponder, I love Mel, he's a great guy. Um, Mel uh, brought this, this uh, preacher from New Zealand to my office a few years ago. And I remember asking him, I said, man, I said, I said, preacher, I said, how do you stop greed? And he says, with transparency, instantly like that. And, and, and it's true. You know, uh, the, the more transparent we can be, and I'll tell you, what, the state of Florida actually has great sunshine laws on the books. Um, you know, we're, our sunshine laws are, are much more aggressive than the federal government. But at least when you go out and you're aggressive about creating transparency, then the public can at least do their own due diligence. So um, I do want to um, make sure that you know that I'm real easy to reach. Uh, I've got a pocket full of business cards. Whoever hasn't got one, I'll make sure you get one. But it's real easy. You can find me at jimmy at joinjimmy.com. Um, you can call me at 850-583-1817. Don't text. I don't need a woman texting my household at eight o'clock at night and my wife to get suspicious. Okay. So don't text, just call. Um, and, and with that, I'd love to answer any questions. So yes and no. Okay. So did everybody follow her question? It's, it's kind of like saying, can, can we almost secede from the state, the United States, from the national government, at least from some of the laws? State rights. So, and, and I think this kind of gets back at the core of, of just like what Governor DeSantis did with the plane of illegal immigrants. You know, I think there are those lanes that we can play in. I mean, right now, a big deal to me is data privacy. It's a big deal. Right now, we, we have gotten to a place in life, every single one of you has a smartphone right now. But, you know, every single one of you, you know, you pay for that service, but really, I guarantee you, if you really wanted to do, dig down in the business dealings of your smartphone, I guarantee the cell phone companies would pay you to use that device, okay? You are the commodity. So, you know, it was a big deal to me that I wanted to push back on this issue. California, of all states, has the most aggressive protection for data privacy of any of the 50 United States. Shocker. 
Um, but you know what? Maybe they're the most informed by what that technology can actually take advantage of. So in the case of state of California, this is a little bit of a long answer, but in the case of state of California, they have pushed back. Well, you'll get those that say, oh, well, this is, a, this is an FCC issue. FCC regulates the cell phone companies. FCC regulates internet. Why can we have anything to do over a federal agency? And I say baloney. I said, we're not, again, like I told you, we're not chop liver. We should push back with our own laws. The state of Florida is too big of an economy for those companies not to abide by our rules, okay? So, so we get pushback. Now, here's another. So if we tried to push back on the federal government, there's a, a you know, the, the single largest part of the Florida budget is the Medicaid budget, okay? It's arguably $55 billion. Probably about half of that is federal money. So now what happens if we push back, the federal government says, all right, you know what? Since you're not playing by our rules anymore, we're not going to write you that check for, for $25 billion a year. So now every single hospital in the state of Florida is going to cry bloody murder. Okay? Um, is that Dr. Nunnery? You get it. You get it. I mean, it's not that easy to, to, to push back when you consider, you know, there's procedures that he does that he gets compensated Medicare to do that. And it doesn't pay his bills. When he does Medicare, it's almost like charity care. But when he does those procedures, there's a, there's a portion of them that comes in from the federal government. So that's what they'll do is they'll, they'll hit us back with the power of the purse. So, again, I think it's important that we continue to push back where we can. I think data privacy is a perfect example. Um, but, you know, there's, there are lanes that get played in. And look, every single year there's legislation that gets filed that it sounds amazing, it doesn't get traction. But that gets back to what I said earlier, you got to hold us accountable. If you want that type of law on the books, then that delegation meeting you're going to have this week with Jay and uh, Shane Abinett, you need to make sure they know about it. And I would pre be prepared, just as just me used to be sitting in that seat, Go get a copy of the Ohio, I mean the Oklahoma legislation in hand and take it with you there. Okay? And then just ask them, let me know. I would ask them, follow back up with me if you'll file this bill. First thing they're gonna say is no. But again, I didn't know that existed until you just brought it up. Another question. Yes. So I don't know if there'll be more more property reforms in the next session. You'll probably have some. But here's, here's the dilemma we run into. You're not going to see any relief in the property insurance market for about another 12 to 18 months. And so let me explain to you why. So Mary right now, her and her husband are paying, God love Mary. You want me to use Mel? I'll use Melanie. So Melanie right now is paying her property insurance bill. So she went to her agent, she locked in, and she paid $3,500 for this year, okay? We make all these reforms that take place. Her insurance company is not going to give her a rebate based on an agreed contract that she got. So you might as well say there's 12 months that she is locked in, as a lot of us are. We're locked into whatever that agreement they have. Now, what's going to happen is those reforms we had will help in litigation. So as the reinsurance companies, they, they, they write reinsurance once a year. They start in January. As the reinsurance companies look at the state of Florida saying, wow, the state of Florida is really taking insurance reform serious. You know, now it's a better place to invest our money. As the reinsurance rates go down, which they will, as reinsurance rates go down, insurance rates go down. 
It's a pass-through. Just like right now, you may not be happy with your FP&L power bill, but natural gas prices are high. So it's a pass-through. So as you continue to have you know, renewable solutions that are being shoved down our throat as opposed to a common sense implementation, then we all pay at the pump or we pay at the point of insurance when we get the invoice. So again, have some patience. It, 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 it stings, it really does. Um, but you know, we had to take some medicine that was long overdue not being taken place. Um, we, we get these fights in Tallahassee between the plaintiff's attorneys and the insurance companies. And look, neither one of them are saints, okay? I tell people all the time, you got good insurance companies, you got bad ones. You got good plaintiff's attorneys, you got bad ones. You know, you got good contractors, you got bad ones. So you got all those in the place. Unfortunately, that pendulum has swung where the attorneys that were playing in that space, they were just, they were rotten to the core and a, a, a handful of them made it bad for everybody else. They were, they had, there were firms in the state that were producing over a thousand lawsuits every single week. You can't do the due diligence to say that that lawsuit is being presented in a court of law, but there was a gap, there was a place that they were able to exploit in Florida statutes and it had to be closed. There was a big fight closing loopholes because people make money off loopholes, but it needed to be done. All right, we'll do one more question. Yes, ma'am. Isn't it true though the bill that's now they're not? So, so what, what you had is you had a game taking place with the one-way attorney's fee provision. And that's what was creating this, this enticement. No good, I, look, we did not limit anybody's access to the courts, okay? But you definitely changed the incentive from the bad attorneys that were playing in that space. Again, it was just a handful of them. Now, I couldn't, I, I raised hell with a Florida bar saying, get a handle of your profession. I told him, you got, you got a handful of firms that are making it bad for all the other firms that don't play in that space. And they, you know, look, it is what it is. It's sometimes it's not fun being the adult in the room, but they had to. So you know what? What happens is their lack of appetite to want to go after those egregious firms leads to maybe an overcorrection of the pendulum by the Florida legislature. So again, it didn't go after auto when it comes to the one-way attorney's fees. It went specifically to property casualty. So now, is that going to mean there's going to be fewer attorneys knocking on your door? Probably. But you know, it's what happens in the Florida leg it's a it's a legislature led by citizens that have everyday jobs in the state. Correct, but 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 you were having circumstances where where Mary took her insurance company to court. Mary got awarded a hundred thousand dollars, but her insurance company got four hundred thousand dollars in legal fees. So that was that was the the dilemma that we were having, where you had attorneys that were were creating this 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 cash cow of suing, not because Mary needed help as much as they wanted to collect the legal fees that they're entitled to because Florida statutes protect them to get that refund. So again, it, it, look, there, there's attorneys that got, I'm just gonna tell you, there's attorneys that got screwed on that deal, but you know what? There were some that should have stopped what they were doing. I had one, I had one, you're gonna get me on a soapbox. We had one, we had one law firm, just one that I'm gonna tell you about, and I'm gonna stop at that. Citizens Insurance is the insurance company we all own. Okay, one law firm, and I get citizens information because we own it, I can get it through transparency of government. One law firm in Southwest Florida sued citizens insurance through the assignment of benefits process 5,000 times in a seven year period. Got paid out $112 million. 
as soon as we started the investigation, that attorney immediately, as soon as we started the investigation, he immediately transferred $10 million to an offshore account because he knew he was gaming the system. That was just one insurance. That was one law firm with one insurance. Think how many other insurance companies were dealing with that same type of, of, of legal loophole. So again, yeah, there was there was an overcorrection where some attorneys, you know, probably are have to start doing other types of books of business. But with that type of growth and that business model, it made companies not want to do business in the state of Florida anymore. I don't want citizens citizens grows. When I took off as a CFO, citizens had 440,000 policies. It's at 1.12 million policies right now. That's all liability we all have to share. So again, I get, I get spun up on it because a handful of them, and that particular law firm, when we investigate them, what the Florida Bar do? It took their license away for two years. They should have been put out of business, period. Finally, finally a court stepped in and took the law license away. Uh, that's, that's a touchy subject for me. And I can tell you're well informed about it. Um, thank you for having me. It is. Look, I mean, at the end of the day, I want you to, look, home ownership is the most beautiful thing I think you can have for anybody. When you own a home, and you think about somebody who's, who hasn't owned a home before, when you own a home, there's a lot of realities that take place. You start to realize there's a neighborhood. You realize that, you know, you become an invested part of that community. But then when your insurance bill or your cost of insurance is prohibited at the time of closing, then you don't have home ownership. But, man, when you have home ownership, man, you show up to work. You pay attention to your property tax bill. You start understanding the cost of business. You start caring more about governance. It just doesn't happen when you're renting quite as much. Last thing I'll leave you with is, so a lot of y'all are familiar with Tervis. So, matter of fact, Melissa gave me this. So uh, Tervis did these cups. Tervis was affected. It was in the area of Hurricane Ian. So 100% of the proceeds of the sale of this particular Tervis goes to the affected families of Hurricane Ian. So if you're looking at for a gift to buy somebody, it's a Florida-based company that's doing the right thing, and it makes for a really nice gift. I like to carry mine around just to tell people. It says on it, together we shine. So anyway, nice gift to, to buy for other folks. I love it. I yeah. Love it. Thank so sure. Thank y'all for having me. I'm sorry I got so long-winded. You've been listening to a very special edition of the Driveway Liberty Podcast. 